Konnichiwa. Gebe des. Kat des. Watash Tashiha Ghouls Next Door des. Wow, I can't believe we did that wow. the first shot. <laughs> we did I it. really thought we would mess it up at least twice Yeah, we... before the real one would happen. <laughs> that was pretty good. It was pretty decent. We're trying. Yeah. We had someone call us to say how to say it correctly so we wouldn't be jerks. Yes. So hopefully we did an okay job. Let us know. Yeah. So we, so first off, welcome back, Kat. Whoa, I've been gone this whole time. Thanks. I'm back with a vengeance. And, and, and welcome back, me. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I was, hey, Gabe, uh, welcome, welcome back to you. Oh, I was, God, on, I so was on vacation, too, as well. <laughs> the same time you were. And vacation was really... We just weren't doing this. We weren't doing this for a whole two weeks. Yeah, it was nice. It, it was, was a good. month for you. <laughs> yeah, we won't really stop. <laughs> so, so it was nice to do we, that. We stopped, air quotes, that yeah. you can't see. We did. There was like two weeks where we didn't read or watch anything. That's horror. true. We did have a mini break. Yeah, which so, was nice. Thanks for letting us, listeners. Yeah, and we're kicking... We're kicking it back into gear we're getting back into it and we're actually going to do a series as we are one to do now um which is going to be us talking about foreign horror films yeah so that's why we greeted you in japanese because <laughs> today's episode is it's about japanese, japanese <laughs> yeah. yeah we're exploring j-horror today um we thought that would be the kind of the best to kick it off with yeah because it's it's one of the spookiest it's definitely, like, the scariest and uncomfortablest, if those are words. Um, <laughs> More uncomfortable. That you can experience. Yes. And for, like, many reasons, but we'll talk about this. Yeah, well, I mean, it is one of the, the film genres that was so unique um, in its, like... Um, in its style mm -hmm. and, like, its new way of horror, right, that... Um, caused America, at least American cinema, to try to replicate. And so it was something that we directly were just like, we're taking this. And there's plenty, there's many stories that are just essentially uh, Japanese films that we took and usually ruin to some yeah, degree. Yeah, I mean, if it's not films, it's folklore. It's not, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's just like essentially the, the like, I'm mean, just like, Culturally, they're mm -hmm. more spiritual in what they believe in, yeah. according to the internet and people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's basically things that we wouldn't really think would be scary initially. Yeah. Are now being like, no, yeah, no, that's scary. We, we forgot for a minute. We think you need to see everything. It's all about, like, the subtlety and the, what you don't see and the silence and the la da yeah, I think a, a big thing is that, you know, it's, um, there's a cultural aspect to Japanese horror that lends itself to being scary from that lens, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, when you put it into American cinema, we have to change things for it to be digestible to American audiences, because otherwise, like, just the, the bare, <laughs> like, um story isn't going to cut it um so we have to add things or we have to change things so we'll talk about the differences between um american and japanese film and even just how we have to change it in order to suit um our audiences but yeah we're gonna be talking about japanese horror this starts um a series where we're gonna be talking about horror in different places and how their culture is reflected through their horror genre why are they scared of the stuff they're scared of? Mm -hmm. Because culture. Which we say all the time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Here's our evidence. We do it, yeah. Because there's, yeah, there's things that you grew up with or you see that are definitely um, going to affect your lens. There are, like, those folklore and, like, urban legends that you grew up hearing about, you know, that you're afraid of and someone else might be like, that's real dumb. <laughs> what is that? But what I will give Japanese horror films is that they really play on, like, the base level scary things. Like, the way that they build suspense is mm -hmm. very, like, being very smart. Yeah. Like, I don't know how big the budgets are for these films. I'm sure they're, you know, sizable enough. But a lot of the stuff that they do that makes it scary 
are audio related mm-hmm. or um, like very subtle, like kind of showing some hands that you weren't expecting to be there, yeah. you know, the stuff that like is really simple and what it's do, like how it's presented, but is yeah. trying to say something more complex. Just so doing something cool. with like a body, right? That mm-hmm. a body can do, right? So it's relying a lot on like the actors mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like special effects and making these weird things. Like we can just have like a very bare minimum requirement to establish yeah horror which is awesome um yeah what are you what is your experience with horror uh japanese horror specifically (laughs) like we've already talked about my experience with horror but japanese horror um i definitely after you know seeing the ring and the grudge the american versions was told that the japanese versions were better and I had to test that theory. So I did. And mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. Significantly. I mean, that's because they're the originals, I would assume, is yeah. the reason. But um, also just because, you know, not that I didn't enjoy the American versions. They were also very scary. But I think mm-hmm. they're, the Japanese one definitely just hits a little harder because, I don't know. It's just like, it's different. It definitely yeah. just has a different feel. It's definitely just scarier for, like, I guess the way it's presented. I feel like. I don't remember as much the American versions now since we just freshly watched mm-hmm. the Japanese ones. But I remember being very terrified. And I think just Japanese horror in general, I always have like kind of a very visceral reaction to it. Like I noticed every film we watched for this, my face went numb. Yeah. Every single time that the girls showed up. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't, I wasn't even, like, fully, I wasn't, like, outwardly scared, but, like, my body reacted. Like, yeah. Like, I was uncomfortable. And it was just because of the noises, like, uh, Yeah. Uh, like, that's Classic. scary. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a really uncomfortable sound. You don't want to hear that. And, like, cracking and, like, the weird body sounds or, like, just <laughs> yeah. environmental sounds. And then you have, like, but everything else is just silence. Like, they don't play a lot of music. Yeah. During the films, which I think, I mean, usually music can have a really big impact in, like, making things scarier, but I think it's really cool that you can do so much with silence in, I guess, what we've witnessed in the Japanese horror films that we've watched. Yeah. That makes it really more just, like, naturally uncomfortable (laughs) instead of framing it as something, oh, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable in a minute. Yeah, it definitely has a feeling of not being, um, like... Almost like the found footage. Like, we watched Mm -hmm. the found footage, which we'll talk about, but it also just has, like, the same found footage feel of, like, not putting too much in post and and relying heavily on, like, the colors and the lighting and the sound effects. It's, like, literally just the story and what's happening to people that we're following. Um, And it's a little easier to kind of, like, be invested into the story. Because it's mm-hmm. so, like, raw and natural. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely was in, uh, introduced to Japanese horror first through the American versions. Like, The Ring yeah. and The Grudge. And, like, watching those with my family and then being like, why did you make us watch this? Because <laughs> um, and, and I remember it being really scary. Um, and Japanese horror was, like, one of the first, like, foreign horror films that I saw out. Because I was like, oh, they have the the ring they made the original or they made mm-hmm. the pulse or the grudge or um pretty much like any of those that like america ripped off right i was like i want to know what the other one is like mm-hmm. so it was like kind of scarier so yeah. i was like ooh, this one was already pretty scary i want to know what this is about yeah exactly and so the japanese is definitely the first one i was like reading subtitles for mm-hmm. and it was always fun it was a fun experience to do with friends Right? Like, oh, yeah. one, the ring. I'm not watching that kind of movie by myself. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Especially if it's, like, someone's coming out of my... It's, like, stuff that could happen while I'm watching it. Like, yeah. there's a girl coming out of my TV. Someone's calling me. Those are things that happen all the time. I'm not doing that alone. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. It's a, it's a good starting point for foreign horror, which I think is a good reason why we're doing that now. Right? It's first. Yeah, so strap in. We're gonna we're gonna teach you some stuff as we do. Facts. 
so I'm going to tell you a little bit about folktales, the Japanese times. I don't know why I can't talk normal. I'm sorry, Audi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get started, I get nervous. Um, but essentially, uh, Japanese folktales began as oral tradition, passed down as, you know, oral tradition is, by generation to generation, and originated through the Shinto belief system, which features divination, spirit possession, and shamanic healing. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact, I was an Asian studies minor in college. Woo! <laughs> um, so I remember learning a little bit about this already. But um, the Shinto beliefs tie back to the spiritual world into how uh, people who are alive interact with those who have passed on. We mm-hmm. kind of share the space. It's not just, um, you're dead, now you go up to heaven. You yeah. are... You know, your aunts, like people, people who have died that, you know, are still here. The spirit world is everywhere. You can kind of see that. So you can see that in like, kind of like the non-scary movies that even kind of have in their ways, like their own kind of horror twist because they are made for kids, but like my neighbor Totoro, people say that's like about a dead little girl and her Mm -hmm. ghost friend that is basically kidnapped, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) um, And like spirited away, like there's lots of like dark Things yeah. that happen in those movies that are definitely oriented as kids' films, mm-hmm. but have kind of like that spirit world kind of yeah in it's... like for from an American lens, like kind of a horror oh, context yeah. because of the fact that you know generally we try to really shelter our children, which yeah. I don't agree with. Bearded Away is definitely scary in its own. Like one, her yeah. parents get turned to pigs, so that's just on a fundamental level scary. Yeah, but it's also like in. Um, Miyazaki, his work has a lot of um, what you're going to be talking about is yokai. So those mm-hmm. like supernatural spiritual beings, right? Um, there's a lot of those. <laughs> like, and, and yeah. even still, there's a, in one of the um, films that we watched, I, in seeing one of the, the masks and the depictions of one of the like demons, it looks like one of those. The, yeah. the the creatures from one of his films where I was like, this is weird because these are supposed to be kind of like cute and quirky, but I'm actually really terrified of this yeah. thing. <laughs> and I think it's like literally just like the lens of it, but also the fact that like, I think in other places it's, we don't really shelter our, you know, media isn't sheltered as much mm-hmm. or oriented specifically told children. Yeah. Um, so it says it's for kids, but it's like the 90s. Everyone's kind of saying it's for kids just because it's animated. And it's still a little scary and has a little edge to it and that maybe, like, wouldn't be Sprout TV today. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the and even thinking of, like, this, the, the Shinto belief has me kind of comparing it to the... Mexican holiday of Dia de las Muertes, mm-hmm. where it's like you are visited by your loved ones who have passed, but they're still here. Like they're just existing on the same plane, but it's in a spiritual world. So it's like they're there, you know, they're just like, we just can't see them, but they're still around. And I think that's kind of like a similar uh, feeling, whereas like, you know, Christian beliefs or American primarily beliefs are like, you're dead, you'd go away now. Mm -hmm. like you're looking down yeah like Mufasa but you're not there (laughs) you know uh (laughs) so I'm gonna go into some of the um different Japanese folklore um there's different like like characters Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word if you will um so Oni which is invisible demons that live among people and possess magic powers that can create disease or even natural disasters. So I guess a way of explaining bad things that are happening yeah. is generally saying it's like an, an Oni spirit. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying it right. I apologize if not. I yeah, listen to how like, to say it like 20 times, but my memory is just really bad. Yeah, I would say just like as a blanket statement for this. Like we really try we're trying, um, but we're also just like prime, like English is our first language. <laughs> I guess just yeah. be patient with us. So um, the next one, uh, yokai, a uh, general term for a supernatural being, which includes things like uh, bakamono shapeshifters or yurei, uh, vengeful spirits. Uh, I'll go more into yurei next, but uh, they're like animal-like, often dim-witted, and th- though they might be malicious, they seldom maintain any long-term goal or plan um and this class of monsters or 
includes goblins and ogres alike, as well as neutral or benevolent creatures such as the Tanuki, a shapeshifter prankster. Oh, that's so fun. That looks like a larger coon. <gasps> Trash kitty. Trash babies. <laughs> oh my god, I want one as a friend. Um, and oh, I'm not gonna say this right. Suchi Noko. That was probably close. Yeah, Suchinoko, close. A snake-like creature. Snake. Um, <laughs> that is wide around the center and can jump long distances. That sounds so terrifying. So what you want your snakes to be doing. No, nope, It is a good boy snake jumping all so. around town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there's actually that show, Yokai Watch. Yeah, Yokai Watch. And the last one is Yurai. So that's the one, or Yurai. I'm trying. Um, so that's the most popular used for horror, I would say. Yeah. Honestly, like the most of the time when we see it, it's that's the scary one. Um, so ghosts are spirits that have been stranded in this world because they have some unfinished business, as you know, hauntings would do, uh, or because they died while in the throes of like a really intense emotion. So you see that a lot in Japanese horror films, mm -hmm. like the reason that they're coming back is because they either died in some really horrible way yeah. or their life was like really terrible, but their last emotion that they felt was very intense. Yeah. Be it fear, anger, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, unlike yokai, Yure have a singular purpose or mission and they are often very malicious. So for example, blah, 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 for example, a uh, popular Hurei story, yeah, is called o Okiku, hopefully, um, who was thrown down a well by a samurai after refusing his romantic advances. Um, this act resulted in them becoming a vengeful spirit, depicted kind of as Sadako from the ring with the long hair in her face and like coming out of the well and coming to get you. Um, another version of Okiku is her being like falsely accused of breaking a plate from a very important collection, which leads to her also being thrown down a well by a samurai. Both seem like real not cool to women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's still forever going to be a thing across all culture. <laughs> yeah. Well. But yeah, uh, most shire, unfortunately, are women who have are vengeful due to some sort of terrible act done to them. So that kind of like revenge thriller type thing is what you kind of get from the stories of these spirits. Um, and they also have uh, tend to fixate on like the individual often driving them mad. Um, I noticed that a lot of times it would be like driving them to suicide, but like at the hands of the spirit, like watching them. Yeah. Essentially, we saw that a lot in the supposed like supposed to be horror comedy but yeah. also like still in its own right like it was scary. honestly scary yeah. um the sadaku versus kayaku mm -hmm. or kayako kayako yeah kayako. uh movie that we watched which is basically ring versus grudge yeah underlying concept behind japanese array is uh onen mm -hmm. the idea that some emotions are so strong and powerful they extend beyond you know the grave this does not... I mean, that seems real. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do bad stuff. They'll come. Yeah, because it's like the the idea that um, with certain emotions, right? So if you're doing just an emotion, it's not the revenge situation, right? So mm -hmm. with that, the problem with that is that we don't get a traditional ending where mm -hmm. there's a resolution because the... Like, just killing that person isn't going to put that soul at rest, right? Yeah. It's the fact that they, like, that if she, because she was so distraught, it, it wasn't the act of her being thrown down the well in regards to, like, her breaking the plate situation. It was actually, like, the embarrassment and, like, the, the trauma from being essentially like ousted from the community of like oh you broke this thing and you committed this act even mm -hmm. though she didn't do it so it was like the embarrassment and like the the heavy trauma from that shame is what it, yeah yeah, yeah mm -hmm. the shame kept her here so it's like even if she exacts revenge on the samurai which is what she's one to do because she's just like a vengeful ghost now right um it does not give her it. 
peace. Yeah. So she's just going to keep doing that. And that's why they just keep like replicating um, that and just like being put on to new people. Yeah. No, I definitely agree that it's about not so much just the one-off revenge. It is like just continuous because one, emotions are irrational. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much just like you have a job, you do the job, it's done now. Mm -hmm. It's more that person just died in a horrible way and now this is happening. Yeah. (laughs) Forever. Yeah, forever. There's no... Like, solving, which is uh, one of the things that you changed in American when we change it over to American cinema. Because we need well, yeah, the resolution. we can't not have a resolution. There has That's to be a happy ending. for the people. Yeah. So, I'll... I kind of like it, but <laughs> sometimes stuff just doesn't work out. It's just what it is, and you just got to deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about, like, specifically... So, we gave you a little background of, of the folklore, right? Like, a lot of their tales have like a moral outcome like it's there Mm -hmm. to teach you a lesson or to like enforce um some of the like natural laws that they had Mm -hmm. as a society um but i want to talk a little bit more specifically about the um kind of uh, history of japanese horror films uh so japanese was actually a little late to the horror genre um it took them a little bit produced media Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Like, yeah, creating, like, TV or films was a little later. Like, uh, one of the first horror films, like, the one that most people um, would acknowledge is, like, the first horror film um, is called Onibaba, which was created in 1964. So it's like we had, like, 1930s, 19s, like, you know, we were doing it. Um, So it took them a minute. But um, it was directed... And this, there, I am going to say a lot of names because I'm going to talk about a lot of directors for this one. So, again, bear with us for, mm-hmm. for names. But um, it's directed by Kaneto Shindo. And the plot is about a widowed woman and her mother-in-law who lure sh- soldiers to their death. Um, they sell the equipment from the soldiers that they murdered for food mm-hmm. because they're, like, in a war-torn, like, area. Like, they're in the middle of, like, this war. Um, and the ending has this, like surreal kind of um morally inspired (laughs) um situation in which uh the battle masks of their last victim fuses to the mother-in-law's face which then causes like this chain of reactions that ultimately lead to their deaths Mm -hmm. so that's like a very blatant like (laughs) like tale of like don't do this to people and also like it's yeah um and then uh Around the time when America was doing its slasher phase, mm-hmm. uh, Japan had a little bit of a similar run, um, or at least they have one famous uh, unique slasher film that people remember, which is uh, from 1977. And it's more of like a horror comedy um, in that it doesn't mm-hmm. take itself that seriously, but it's called Hasu by Nobihiko Abayashi. And it's about a young girl whose aunt uh is revealed to be a vampire that um feeds on young women to attain eternal youth and she finds this out because she like takes her young friends to go visit this estranged relative and mm-hmm. then it's like oh she's eating my friends yeah. uh so but it's it's definitely like gory and more like um traditional with the like like scary slasher there's a monster coming at you yeah um (laughs) like lady uh but j-horror um as it has been affectionately called came around in the 1990s Mm -hmm. and this term was actually coined by a british distribution label called tartan video that's for fun facts um (laughs) so j-horror is like brought about like with the staple film Ringu, which is uh, The Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is Hideo Nakata's. Uh, and this is from 1998. So it was like the tail end of the 90s that they were like establishing the genre of horror that we know and love. Like this yeah. is when it kind of like finally held itself. Yeah. And I mean, I think if you think about it in the context of like what Japan was going through historically, it makes sense that they started so late because they were still recovering from the Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. Atomic bombing. Yeah. Um, in, like, 45, which is when, like, probably right after films started to appear. 
there yeah. that horrible and catastrophic event happened, which I would reasonably think would set them back. Yeah. Which is definitely... Yeah. But give them a lot of context, unfortunately, for sadness. Yeah. Um, which also, like, you know, really explains why, like, the first horror film is in a in a world that is war-torn, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, already yeah. affected. And so it's kind of like they're looking on, like, what have we become like what do we have to do to survive and like what happens when we ha- we do those things when we choose to do that to mm-hmm. survive um because i don't think they're outwardly seen as entirely the villains in that like the mm-hmm. woman and her mother-in-law because they're they're in this you know terrible wasteland and you know and they're just trying to survive yeah. um it just happens that they <laughs> that's the way that they have to do it mm-hmm. and that they you know get that horrible ending right yeah um but yeah it definitely says a lot and then you know finally um finding their own and being able to like reach into the culture and be able to like make these films Want, and like, like create their very own very cool content that's very unique to like, who they are japanese that like we couldn't have replicated well no yeah it's just so unique and great and mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah and ringu is when we first see uh, the year Yure on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is with Sadako, who featured the the whole long hair and the pale complexion and that like mm-hmm. ghostly and the idea figure. Of, like, the cursed video. Yeah, um, and just like a wo- so usually the um, Yure have um, no feet because they're kind of like ghosts in mm-hmm. that way. Um, but Sadako does have feet. Yeah, and that. But it's still like that's, she still comes through things and is very clearly uh, dangerous. Not alive no more. She's blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so after Ringu, it kind of spurned this whole um, type of like subgenre in J horror itself, which is the psychological thriller, mm-hmm. um, which is where we pair this moralistic and troubling tale with the disturbing twitch effect body horror that J-Horror is known for. So we're, mm-hmm. like, also getting, like, lessons and and also commentating on our world. And then also it's, like, there's some real spooks. Like, people's bodies don't move like that. Let's why is she doing that? body horror here Yeah, right why now. is she all twitchy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, films like Kiyoshi Kurosawa, um, no relation to that Kurosawa, um, his, their film uh, Pulse, which featured the popular taking control of the internet that ultimately results in physical and mental harm to the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like they're coming through uh, TVs and uh, phones, and it's like all flickery. America did take that one. Uh, this was made during um, Y2K, so oh. where technology uh, was a really big, relevant fear, right? Like people did not know what technology was going to do, like how it was going to have an effect on our society. And it was like, there's a whole like, oh, it's cancer. And like, mm-hmm. it's going to take over your mind. And the fear of technology is really prevalent, like even just like in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. You're sharing a video. Um, yeah, because it has um, the fact that like, Sadako has to have her victims watch the films, right? She can't do anything to you, and she exists in this world. She can't touch you unless you watch this video. And then the only way to fix that is if you share it, make more people watch yeah. it, so that they die. Yeah, you make it viral, and now you're you're good. You're solid. And that kind of goes back to that idea that you have to spread the stuff to survive. Like you were saying, the other film was like kind of doing what you needed to do to survive, and that wasn't great. Yes, yeah. It kind of goes back to that. It's like yeah, you need, you it, this is the world now, and yeah. you need to do what you need to do to survive, and if that involves making another person watch this. Um, fun fact that I found on the internet somewhere was that <laughs> there was a rumor uh, in Japan that was popular in the early 1990s during the pager boom, which mm-hmm. is what the internet used, and I thought was super fun as a millennial person. Was that like the one missed call era? Well, it... Kind of. It was before that because it's mm-hmm. pagers. And it was essentially that um, the rumor was that you could receive a page from a number that didn't exist. And the page, the number was um, 564219, which mm-hmm. in Japanese, when you say it phonetically, sounds like I am coming to kill you. 
So it's like, if you got this number, it's like, ah. So that spurned that whole genre of films where it was like one missed call and like, like things call it the internet coming after you, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which is definitely um, prevalent in American film too. Like everywhere, the yeah. the new internet was scary or just new technology was scary. Like but all horror really took to that and ate it up because mm-hmm. it was so like which even um, Are You Afraid of the Dark has oh, a yeah. lot of those the, like Tamagotchi like yeah. Kidnappings. Yeah. It was all like You are my it's virtual bad. pet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like be wary of the internet. Anyway, we also have psychological thrillers that steal directly from the lore um that we saw earlier of that whole like the traumatized and wronged woman turned vengeful spirit. Mm-hmm. Um with Takashi uh Shimizu as uh, uh, Juan, the grudge. Yeah. Uh, in the whole grudge series, or the whole Juwan series, um, such a such a time. Yeah, yeah, and we're so, and we're gonna it's go way longer than you realize it's gonna be, <laughs> and it gets to so many people, and it's fun. It's a fun time. We'll talk about it. Yeah, um, and it, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna go into that in our film section. Uh, another genre of J horror is a campy, uh, what is called the tokusatsu uh which is special effects and over-the-top gore um so these are films like yoshihiro nishimura's tokyo gore police vampire girl versus frankenstein girl which is something i need to see and did not know that i needed that that's mutant girl squad is next and that sounds also (laughs) we need to watch all of these mutant girl squad then also noboru iguchi's the machine girl or Dead Sushi. I've seen the trailer for Dead Sushi, and we yes. 100% have to watch Dead Sushi because it's like killer condom meets yes. Cronenberg meets just fun. But it's sushi that's killing you. Yeah. But something that I found that's unique about J-Horror, and we kind of touched upon it earlier, is that um, they don't usually have explanations. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... Like, we're going to explore the Suggested grudge, ones. right? <laughs> um, but the original Japanese version gives us kind of a minimal explanation like we do have it through like um outside forces right like people reading the story and people telling the story but we don't get a direct like image of what happened to Mm -hmm. her right so it's just like (laughs) like yeah none of that is really actually happening um it's all through like just someone else telling us whereas when we brought it to america there's an entire like sequence where it's just like we are getting flashbacks to what happened because it's mm-hmm. just like nailing it in like this happened to her so she's upset and it yeah. was like that's what had to happen for americans well yeah because we don't have the cultural understanding of the URI, and like that's not something we have in all of our film like that's not, not something that we're taught Mm-mm. generally in feeling scared of things we don't really have honestly a lot of american folklore there's like urban legends and stuff like that but you know it doesn't get too deep mm-hmm. yeah and so i think it's it had it's, to be different yeah, yeah. and in later in cinema if horror cinema we do get those but it, it it's always seen as like unique and different you know mm-hmm. like oh the bad guy wins or something right even with like the ring um in the American version, we are giving a very elaborate and um, honestly kind of haunting explanation for why Samara in the mm-hmm. in the English version, Samara, is how she is. Whereas Sadako is scary even without a full explanation of why. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and honestly, it's it's kind of easily explained in the fact that like she is an angry spirit. She's a vengeful spirit, and that's what that's vengeful spirits need. do. <laughs> they do that, you know? Like, y- there's less of this idea of, like, good versus evil, but rather an understanding that we live in a world full of pain, and spooky ghosts are going to do what spooky ghosts are going to do. <laughs> yeah, and I think it goes with the whole idea of, like, resolutions and how we, like, as Americans, crave one intent mm-hmm. and resolutions. Like, we can't, for some reason... I mean, I get it because I can't live without knowing someone's intent for why they did something. I need to, like, know why it's happening for me to be okay with it happening. And I think it's just different in the sense that, like, that's not always how the world works. You don't always know why something's going to happen or you don't always fix it. Sometimes stuff's just not okay. And that's something I feel like culturally we have a hard time absolutely digesting so Mm -hmm. there has to be a reason she's like this and there has to be a way to stop her 
Yeah. There has to be a resolution that makes it stop. Where you'll see in Ringu or the the Zhuan that there's not. Yeah. It just keeps going. It's there's just no it solution. Is. There's <laughs> just it just this yeah. is just what reality is. It yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Stop watching it. Yeah. Um, I do, before we wrap in this section, I just want to give a shout out to Rob Butcher of Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival um, from right here in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's doing a said. lot of cool stuff in Philly. I was reading about him. I was like, whoa, we got to talk to this dude. He's like one of my partners at work. Like, yeah. I never met him, but like... I know what his organization is. Let's call. It, let's go talk, guy. Yeah, he comes into Philly Cam as well. We, um, I was doing research for this and stumbled upon an amazing article um, that was so full of both the the history the history that we were telling. Um, it was also a mix of other things that I found, um, and then also the history of Japanese film um, was on there with a mix of some other things I found. But the bulk of it that I was like, this is an amazing article. And I scrolled to the bottom and I was like, Rob, I know that man. <laughs> I've met him before. So um, hopefully uh, we will get to connect with Rob here in Philadelphia to actually have an interview with him because that would be great to really pick his brain more about this because he is honestly the expert. And he is he, the we owe him real, all real the expert. <laughs> We're the we try hard expert. He is the 100% yeah. best, number one awesome expert, man. So, Rob, if you're out there, you're listening, uh, thank you. Thanks for being great. Yeah, people check out, and if you're around, check out the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival. It's an amazing festival, honestly. watch stuff we always do no sometimes we play stuff and i know we usually future, watch a thing too in the future we're going to be reading stuff we looked with our eyes and watched juo the grudge a film from 2002 um it's as we said a f- mysterious and vengeful spirit marks and pursues anybody who dares enter the house which it resides so uh this is director takashi shimizu as we have referenced earlier yep um and I've seen this version of the film countless times. Mm-hmm. I think this was Gabe's first I think scene like, of this version. Yeah, I definitely have seen pieces of it, and I realized when we were watching, but this is my first, like, actually sitting down and watching mm-hmm. it in full. The ring was my primary, and the pulse was the ones that I was, like, watching, watching. Where I don't remember the the ring, the ringu... Yeah. Movie in Japanese. I remember The Ring, and I don't fully remember. I know I've seen it. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's a blur. My yeah. brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so The Jew on the Grudge, uh, this film is the third installment of the Jew on series. So, oops. Um, the film was preceded by two low budget films from 2000, Jew on, and Jew on the Curse 2, from also 2000, uh, whose storylines are continued in this sequel. Um, it, it took two hours to apply the white makeup to Takayo Fuji and Yuya Ozeki. Ozeki in order for them to play their ghostly incarnations for the characters, which is just like really funny in that like you could have just gave them some more clothes. <laughs> Well, no, I think, like, well... I like that the... I know, it's just funny that it took two hours. It's such a long time not to stand there. But yeah. kudos to them. I mean, they got tolerance for patience, you know? Yeah, well, that's because, I mean, when you're thinking about it, they, like we said earlier, it's very reliant on just the the natural effects of what they're putting on camera. They don't have mm-hmm. any cool, weird special effects. So taking all that time to really, really... Because they're very, like, chalky white... Because that's what the Yure are. Yeah, so it's just very, like, like blue. accentuated. They're either, you know, very pale white or blue, <laughs> yeah. um, as we've seen. Um, and something else that's interesting is the final body count presented in the film is 17, including the Sieki family and their cat. So it's oh, a lot baby. of people to fall victim. And so it was a lot die. watching it because, like, there were just so many different names being thrown out. And, like, you really had to be paying attention because, like, even the people who were in that were connected to each other yeah. in their own, like, 
individual ways. And it was a little hard to follow because like, honestly, you have the first character, Ricky. No, I'm not saying her name right. I don't remember. Um, I think it started with an R. Um, but she was like the one you started with. She was the hot, like, I think hospice. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know, going into the house. And then after that, you see like the family members like start to die. Yeah. And essentially, there's a blurred timeline of who's there's, dying yeah, there's when. There's time jumps. I was very confused in that end, like, where I was having a really hard time following it yeah. in that regard. Um, there are just a lot of characters and a lot of people who yeah. die. Yeah, and there's also a lot of, like, not clearly defined effects of the spirits, too, because there was, like, a whole instance where there's the police officer who had investigated the murder in the beginning. Like, the the what jump-started this whole thing. Or the disappearance in the murder. Um, somehow wasn't... Like, he was normal mm-hmm. at that. And then goes to reinvestigate and then realizes that something's not right. Um, and then he's kind of crazy. But he sees his daughter... Like, in real time, but she's in the future. Yeah. Because his daughter at the beginning of that sequence was young. Yeah. And he, like, went crazy when she was a kid. So she had no idea. So he, at some point, can see her in the future, and she sees him, kind of. And it was super weird, because I was like, why is this happening? How did this happen? Like, that part, everything else, I was in. I was buying it. I believed it. It was like, it was that part just totally, I got real confused. Well, I think... I don't know this is for a fact, but I know the prequel was about a teacher investigating that the boy was missing. Mm. And then I think from there on, like, you see the investigation. I wonder if it's the same guy. Yeah. And then they were tying like, in the prequels just, like, into it. the mm, that makes current one, which would make sense to me. I'm not 100% sure if that's actually why it was That the way would it make was. sense. Which um, is like, they're probably like, this is so weird that our third one is the one that gets popular. Yeah. They're like, we're like, all these guys. films. What do you mean? <laughs> you're missing those, the origin you're, story. You're missing context that would have made a lot more sense for the rest of this. <laughs> yeah. um, and so essentially, this is the scene that really got me. Because um, I just feel like p- things, when you're in your bed, things <laughs> shouldn't be able to like suddenly be in there with you. Yeah. Um, so the infamous scene where Kayako attacks... A character from underneath the gap in her bed sheets was inspired by an old Japanese urban legend of a girl in the gaps, a ghost which is said to enter the world only through small gaps in the real world. So essentially, gaps in the sheets, or if you have your windows and you have, you've like mapped up all of your windows, but then a little tiny hole's there. So now <laughs> the ghosts are inside your house running at you because that's how that works. That's and not here. Freaked me out. There were a few scenes, honestly, in the garage yeah. specifically. I just really... People make fun of the sound now, but like even still hearing it, like I have a very visceral reaction to both the Rang or Ringu and Zhuan. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like the spirits that they're talking about, like they're scary in such just like regular ways that are just so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And just even them being on the screen, I noticed every single time my face would get like all tingly and I would just feel really stressed. Like yeah. my entire face went numb. Yeah. Essentially. And it was like a whole situation for me and I was having a whole time and I had the same exact thing. Whereas like I didn't feel scared, but my body was reacting because yeah. I was uncomfortable. That's like so. The next movie we're going to talk about, I have a, a, what happens to my body, even when I don't even know I'm scared, is that I cry. Like, I mm-hmm. my tear, I get teary-eyed, uh, teary-eyed, which is, like, so weird. Because I'm, like, I'm not sad, and I'm not scared. Like, it's just, like, a thing is happening, and all of a sudden, it, like, initiates my tear mm-hmm. ducts being, like, I'm, I hate this. Um, <laughs> so, I definitely feel what you're saying. Um, yeah, The Grudge has a lot of good speaks. Uh, there's a lot to do with, like, hair Mm-hmm. That bothers me. Um, just like things popping up where like they shouldn't be. Like that yeah. shower suit with the hand. Like mm-hmm. I literally had such a hard time just being in the shower after seeing that. Like when I was younger and mm-hmm. watched it. I remember seeing I parts of The Grudge. And the part that got me when I was younger was with the older woman who is talking to something that's not there and then it's like above her like that's a thing that Japanese horror does really really well is that like 
there's like the afflicted who sees it or mm-hmm. it's like a person who's something's happening to you. You don't know what it is. And then later, like you see a picture or a video and it's like revealed to you that there is a ghost on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, what? John specifically, um, when they show the eyes. Yeah. Like all the photographs of mm-hmm. them, their eyes are like the carrot, like the, uh, Kayako, the Kayako's eyes. Yeah. They have her eyes, which is like her whole thing. If you look in her eyes, that means that you are cursed, essentially. Yeah. That she can come for you. Like, if you don't look at her, similarly to how if you don't look at the uh, Sadako, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of the film, yeah. then you're chilling. There's, you're fine. Yeah. You're There's not rules, fine. There's rules, yeah. If you see the eye. Yeah. Um, but we watched more. We watched more stuff. We can't get enough. Um, so we also watched uh, Neroi The Curse from 2005. It was, so it was yes, really good. So good. I really liked it. It was really long. I just really was satisfied with the film. Yeah. So what this is, is a documentary filmmaker explores seemingly unrelated paranormal incidents connected by the legend of an ancient demon called the Kagutaba. Uh, <laughs> it is directed by Koji Shiraishi, um, who... I believe it's from the same company or writers that wrote The Grudge, I think. Yeah. Um, Don't quote me on that. But this is a found footage film, which one always gets me. Found footage Mm -hmm. gets me every time. (laughs) There's just something about um, immersing yourself in what is presumed to be reality that is easy for me to just like suspend disbelief. Like I'm immediately like, all right, I believe you. This yeah, is found footage. No, it's so, so <laughs> real. Like when this. we watched the alien film with mm-hmm. the like dreams or no. Yeah. Found Hard footage no. gets me. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah, them. no, it's really I satisfying. I love them so much. Um, but they do get me. And, and the thing that's similar to what you were saying with like, um, with you seeing it or just hearing that, like the, uh, whatever, uh, there's a thing where in, yes, sorry, it's really fun <laughs> to do. Good. I'm sorry, um, listener. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, for me, and it's, it's funny you bring it up for the, um, the alien film that we watched the fourth kind was there's a whole part and I'm like already getting like shivery about it, um, where they replay what's on a tape. And it's mm-hmm. an interview and you hear her and then like things get all weird and there's weird sounds and it's like freaking out. Well, that similar thing happens in this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever that happens, when they're like replaying it and they're listening to audio and they're listening for like a whisper or something and there's like weird sounds, it just like, I don't know, it activates something in me where I'm like, there's a reason why my ears can't register those sounds. Like I'm, I don't want to know. <laughs> but, the, don't like, film me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> I feel like also just like that whole watch you overnight sleeping, thing yeah. has always like, no, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Why? Why are you getting up by yourself while you're sleeping? Why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why can't someone be there with you? But it's, yeah, it always gets me and I, that's when my eyes tear up and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I can't close my eyes, which is probably why they're tearing up. And then I feel like shivery all over my body like goosebumps Mm -hmm. um and this one did oh my god i cannot recommend this movie enough i it has been a long time since i've honestly been spooked Mm -hmm. and i was like in this i was like my i was covering my eyes like peeking through my fingers for like a good chunk of it where i was like no i don't like i want to know what's happening but i don't want to do it yeah and the actors even like there's just so much like raw emotion that was happening like all the time that like there was because the one man who was like the one who was seeing all the vision like he was just he seemed like the craziest because he was like the most traumatized yeah but he was very like in tune with what was happening like everyone was like you're crazy whatever it was just the way he was like interpreting it Yeah. yeah um but essentially like his energy really stressed me out. Yeah. Like, just because, like, I don't know if you're a child who's been exposed to people actively with, like, mental illnesses. Like, that's generally, like, he was portraying that, that stereotype, but he was right. And, like, that was, like, real stressful for me. But then also yeah. just seeing his, like, raw, like, trauma. Like, he was, was just so upset. He was, like, like yeah. just... Like over, like, and he was just so scared about this little girl, and he was. It was just so stressful, and like, just his energy in general. Like, he was always in like terror. Yeah, and 
-hmm. just like mm -hmm. seeing that just like so well acted like the actor it was very, like very wow well done. i don't know if that's just how he is or if like he's just so good yeah. at acting because i genuinely believed his character like that's what made i knew it wasn't a real thing because we knew it wasn't yeah we knew it was a movie we knew it wasn't like a documentary yeah um but like i was genuinely in like awe like shock yeah it was shook <laughs> by his energy yeah. or like just the acting in general like everything felt really real yeah i definitely my my empathy was off the ch off the charts and i mm -hmm. was emotional but it, i would say for this film it also has a really good story yeah. like i did i felt engaged the entire time it's very long there was mm -hmm. a there's a part um in the film where it did feel like we were coming to what would have been a natural like climactic scene that mm -hmm. would result in a finale right like either we would have been left hanging being like what happened because this is blair witch project type thing you know mm -hmm. where it fade to black and be like they were never seen again. Like that was definitely what it felt like it was going to. And then it wasn't that like it kept going. And then even after that, there was like a natural ending and then it kept going. And usually when that happens where I feel like, oh, we've resolved, we're done. And then it keeps going. I'm like, why am I still here? This is really dumb. I didn't feel that. I was like, oh, wait, no, there's more. And I was like excited that there was more. Mm -hmm. So then when it did finally end, I was like, wait, I still have questions. I still want to, I like, I'm so enveloped and engaged with these characters and with the world that was created that mm -hmm. I'm like, I still need to know what is happening. Yeah. And I did like, it wasn't like, like unsatisfying. Like I didn't finish like, oh man, I didn't answer any of my questions. I didn't feel like lost, <laughs> like the lot, like the show yeah, lost. Yeah, but it was more so just like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, oh man. I would love a sequel. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just really like emotionally engaging. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say I agree that like it it was unique though in that like it did seem to kind of have even though it didn't have like a happy ending like somewhat of a resolution like mm -hmm. they really explained it more than I expected them to because yeah. generally we don't always get that backstory. Yeah, we're like this was a very just elaborate film. It was like really trying to say something and it just kept going as you said it. But like it was always just really interesting and cool. Yeah. There's like, um, so they tie in what I thought was really great into like folklore and like religion and like, and it's told from the lens of like a modern person being like, oh, this like backwards town still believes in this, this like village. Um, but then like, even he still like, believes it too mm -hmm. like to a degree which i thought was really interesting because usually like if you come from like an american lens um we would be like wow this backwards place like blah 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 mm -hmm. like and then you would go to it with disrespect which would eventually like cause your your downfall whereas i feel like our protagonist did not ever go at it with disrespect like he was honestly always just earnestly like what is happening we need to get to the bottom of it because it is affecting people like where is this kid uh this poor actress is being affected uh what mm -hmm. happened to that girl because she was normal and now she's not normal like there's and then also like the the guy who um is labeled like the crazy guy with his tinfoil house like we he is even invested in protecting that guy as crazy as he is portrayed like, this mm -hmm. guy's like, there's worms. And he's like, okay, but... Ectoplasmic worms ecto or whatever. Yeah, and he was like, okay, he knew there are not ectoplasmic worms, but there is something. Yeah, it's And like, that's what, what you are, here? like, interpreting. So I'm going to take you at your word and just, like, change it to what is reality. So it was like, it was because the protagonist approached the situation in that way, it allowed me to be able to. And just... Honestly, watch this film. Um, it is uh, a film that I've read. I mean, even on the internet, a lot of message boards where people were very much like, that is the scariest movie I've seen in a long time. Or just like a, a solid horror film. One last passing thought, just because I did mention it earlier, is uh, so Kagutaba is the demon that is referenced and there's like a mask and and it's like when you look at like the trailer it looks really silly but it also looks kind of like fun right and that's kind of what it is but you see like figures that kind of resemble him and they have this weird face and uh the face reminded me of the uh kodama or the four spirits in princess mononoke 
mm-hmm. like those little things that like move and they're all twitchy and they like have the like like weird knocky sounds um mm-hmm. when she's in the woods yeah. that face is exactly what um Kagotaba's face is and I remember just being like uh aren't I supposed to like aren't those kind of like endearing like what is and it's really creepy it's a creepy face and when you see it like Slenderman style in the woods I was like "Mm -mm, sign me up (laughs) yeah no it's definitely really spooky and um in a really simple way yeah uh so last on our list is actually so we stumbled upon uh a film that is a horror comedy which we resonate with that genre very well yeah i was googling hey japanese horror and it was on the list and i looked it up and i was just the trailer for it is the funniest thing (laughs) but it was actually like kind of scary like when i say like it was dumb but also like good sadaku versus kayoko in, so this is a film uh, that is, as Kat mentioned, is directed by Koji Tsurashi, who did Norai, but it's also written by uh, Takashi Shimizu, which is the guy who did Juan, The Grudge. So these guys know what they're talking about because they have worked on both of those respective films that are featured in this. So mm-hmm. um the premise for this is, after watching a cursed videotape, Natsumi has only two days before she will be killed by demonic entity Sadako. Uh, her only hope is to pit Sadako against Kayoko, a menacing spirit that inhabits a haunted house. So it's so lucky that they're just in the same town. You know? Yes. But... Yeah. It's essentially <laughs> she gets cursed from watching the video and then encounters these really cool uh, team, this team of, uh, I guess, paranormal investigators, uh, in a way, um, who suggest that she gets another spirit, um, which would be Kayako, to fight each other. Mm -hmm. um, And that they'll defeat each other and save, like, the characters who are, like, in this situation where they just got to deal with the fact that they've done this and this is the action consequence situation. But it was just like wild. Yeah. Well, it started as an April fool's joke. Mm -hmm. Um, and then people were like, no, that's really great. What you just, what is this real? Is this what you're making? Cause it sounds like when you tell someone, it sounds like a fan film. That was just a goof. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, no, these people were like, ha ha. Oh, you want this? So they made this whole film. <laughs> so yeah, they took it serious. It. What I liked about this film was that it is labeled a horror comedy, but there really isn't a lot of like comedy in the traditional sense that like we see in horror yeah, comedy. Yeah, there's a lot of dark elements of it. Like people are killing themselves or like dying or like yeah. kids throwing rocks at each other's faces and then having situations happen. It's the time. Yeah, I think the comedy really comes from uh, the premise itself. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it is taken very seriously, which I respect. Um, but what? I, but I think they also don't take themselves seriously in that they know who their audience is and then they know that it's a joke and that it's silly because to promote this film, they actually created an Instagram account called, um, it's uh, at Kayako uh, with Toshio, which is a, the woman from the grudge uh who is like all twitchy and then the little boy who does the cat sounds when he opens his mouth so it's literally just an instagram account of them doing like normal like life things like there's one where um kayako is uh measuring toshio like like at the door like yeah (laughs) see how tall he is and how he's grown there's one where he's doing that classic um anime thing where he's got a piece of toast in his mouth and he's like running out the door and she's like trying to get him because she made a big meal like Uh it's hilarious it's super but they're in the whole garb of like being the spooky characters yeah and like technically uh this film is the 12th installment for both the ring and the grudge franchises um like if you include the american um remakes and spinoffs and incarnation so there's like both like this is the 12th film for both of those franchises yeah no it was really fun and like I mean, I will say the Kayoko, she does look very different than, you know, the original version. And the boy, like, Toshio is... He did really well. I think he he did pretty much the same. But, like, he looks like kind of, like, there's this thing. Okay, so, like, every time he shows up, his head is tilted and he's doing weird stuff with his tongue. He's like, uh, and it's like weird. <laughs> I don't and I remember, that. like, see, 
he does not do that in the like original. Juan, yeah. Juan, no. It's just like his mouth is open and he, it's like he's like he's wearing like black lipstick and he has like hair or whatever, weird stuff in his mouth. But he's not doing weird stuff with his tongue. <laughs> and he's doing weird stuff with his tongue in this. And every single time, like, I was dying. I was like, why? He's meowing and going, oh, <laughs> it's like, what is happening here? This yeah. is so weird. It was still scary, but it was, like, goofy. Yeah, you know? it was done really, like, because it, it really took itself seriously. It took its its spook serious. Um, in the characters were were interesting too and it, they mm-hmm. try to like d- figure out what they're doing i think it's really cool that like the head um like paranormal investigator is essentially just this little blind girl and she's got mm-hmm. like her dude who like just helps, helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but she's the one who's like i feel stuff mm-hmm. um and, and like she's blind but she sees yeah the ghosts yes. essentially like yeah. she sees the auras and like the energies around people yeah and that's how she can tell what's happening yeah yeah, it's super fun. Um, it's it's definitely uh, comedy in that it is absurd. Um, mm-hmm. But it yeah, it is a good film. It was fun. It was super fun. I would suggest it watching it. It was a little people. too long, but outside of that, yeah. it was great. Because <laughs> there was like two whole stories that they were merging together. Mm-hmm. Um, I the ending could have left a little more to be desired. I would have wanted like at least like forty minutes of like them fighting, and we didn't really get that. Yeah, <laughs> so and was, then like. Okay, spoilers. Can I should I say it? I don't even know. But like they merge. And I thought that was fun. Yeah. I liked that end of it, but I thought like the lead up to it was like Yeah, cuz well, it does have that whole idea of like you don't win, which mm-hmm. I think it like you can't destroy them, which I think is funny. Like they yeah. do all that and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They still win, which like is they had cute. all these ideas with like this abstract contents and like they don't know. Yeah. They think they know, they don't know. And this guy's acting like an expert, but he don't know, you know. Yeah. He's trying to help, but he doesn't he doesn't got the answers. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like it, it's Yokai Listen because mm-hmm. Yokai watches a show and we are a podcast. And so, so you listen, listen to, to us. us. Yeah. So Guys. monsters listening to us. Or if you like it, it's seven days. To subscribe or we kill you. Yeah. We will come out of your earbuds. Put them down so we're not like inside your brain. Like, that's us. We're coming for you, the ghouls next door. This is fun. Uh, Konnichiwa. <laughs> we, we have fun. Hello, the ghouls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, Kat, how do you feel about Japanese horror in general? I love it. It's great. You have seven days to live. <laughs> nice. That's the song I wrote about this mm-hmm. in this context. I, You know, it's a fun time. I really thoroughly enjoy it. I just enjoy Japanese culture as a whole. Just, like, every, the way yeah. they approach everything is just, like, really interesting um, and just their history and just like how they like incorporate their history and their culture in the media that they produce and just like as a, like they're just so interesting. Yeah. There's so much lore and like culture behind everything that they do and it's just like anime or horror or just like whatever have you. It's like they really intentionally kind of have reasons for the why they put stuff out and it's just really cool and I just really thoroughly enjoy it so... You got seven days to subscribe to us or we're coming for you. That's how I feel about all of it. I also am seven days. So I super, super respect Japanese horror. And I always thought that it was super inventive um, and is very easy to distinguish from any other horror. Mm -hmm. Um, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like not something that you can replicate really to the same degree yeah Yeah. like but i will say that like the ring was um successful you know in in bringing j-horror to america yeah i would say that like even though i will say like the versions that we've created are not as good it really was cool that like we like them as much as we do to like bring those ideas that are like 
really unique and scary yeah here and then kind of sparked the interest in like learning more about japanese horror in general uh, eventually we'll talk about uh jinji ito which mm-hmm. honestly uh is a thing i have a real hard time doing uh i mean eventually <laughs> we'll talk about body gore um but it's really hard to not talk about Japanese horror and leave him out of it. So if anyone's like, oh my God, you didn't even talk. Like, listen, I need some time to ruminate and that needs its own episode so that I can just scream for a long time because <laughs> as someone with trypophobia, it is super triggering. I I have looked, I have thumbed through uh, met, like manga of his, his art and just thumbed through like very casually and the images are ingrained in my memory for the all time. I close my eyes and that's what I see. And I will never not see them. They're always mm-hmm. there. So uh, we will eventually get around to that. But as in regards to the films that we were watching and talking about Japanese horror, um, I'm really excited about this entire series and getting mm-hmm. to see horror through different lens and different cultures. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be really exciting to explore ways that we can use horror to tell the stories from where we come from. Yeah, so um, stay tuned. It's going to be a really cool series. Um, we've got live shows that are coming up. We oh have yeah, guest true. appearances on things coming up. We are getting involved. We're going to be around things. Also, it was my birthday stuff. recently. So happy birthday to me on 26. So we old. went to MomoCon in yeah. Atlanta. It's just turned 26, May 25th, guys. What's up? Do you want to give your social security number and your address? They can say happy your birthday to me is all I'm saying. <laughs> your blood type. Send stuff to my cash app. Like, let's go. <laughs> no. Patreon. You can send stuff to our email if you want to send one of those really cute little, like, email cards. That's oh, my like God. Moves. If listeners make me birthday cards, I will maybe actually cry. <laughs> okay. Even if they're virtual birthday surprise times. I just feel like people I don't know care. Yeah. <gasps> Nice. I have love everywhere. You do. Well, um, we're back and from outer space. And see final upon if okay. Um, so <laughs> remember uh, we have a call out of this and it's don't get married. Delete your kids. Okay, bye. Bye. Love you. <laughs>